Welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis 1.28, to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and the benefit of our neighbors. I am David Arley Gates, and our topic today is part one of our discussion on net zero. Net what? Nope, it's not a diet soft drink or a new internet service provider. If you haven't been living the climate change life and cringing at the hysteria that surrounds it, then you may not be familiar with the concept of net zero. Net zero is, as the name suggests, a net production of zero carbon dioxide. Thus, for every carbon dioxide molecule emitted into the atmosphere, we humans must remove one molecule from the atmosphere. Of course, the easiest way to accomplish that is to reduce carbon dioxide emissions altogether to zero. But the concept of net zero is that what goes into the atmosphere must come out of it. But wait, the two big emitters of carbon dioxide are volcanoes and all animal life. How can we control volcanic eruptions? And while we may be trying to get a handle on reducing carbon emissions from human respiration by bills racing through houses and senates all across the country to guarantee abortion, state-assisted suicide, and end-of-life termination, how do we manage emissions from the remainder of the animal kingdom? Well, of course, the trick is all in how one defines net zero. But wait again. I thought that all molecules matter, and that once in the atmosphere, all carbon dioxide molecules are equal, regardless of how they got there. Silly me. George Orwell told us that in his novel 1984, the future is that war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. I guess how we define terms really matters. So how does the environmental left define net zero? The prestigious University of Oxford agrees with me. They write, quote, net zero refers to a state in which the greenhouse gases going into the atmosphere are balanced by removal out of the atmosphere, unquote. Thus, all molecules of carbon dioxide are equal. Yes, that makes sense. But we also learned from Orwell that all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. I guess the same can hold for molecules of carbon dioxide as well. The United Nations, who is leading this effort, both in control of the process and their profit from it, states, quote, put simply, net zero means cutting greenhouse gas emissions to as close to zero as possible, with any remaining emissions reabsorbed from the atmosphere by oceans and forests, for instance. So it is all about human activity, and if a volcano belches a load of carbon dioxide, that doesn't count, does it? But wait, there's more. The World Resources Institute indicates that net zero emissions, or net zero, will be achieved when all emissions released by human activities are counterbalanced by removing carbon from the atmosphere in a process known as carbon removal. Their graph, in fact, never shows emissions going to zero, even by 2100. They simply argue that our emissions will be more than offset by something they call 
negative emissions were carbon dioxide removal approaches. As an aside, I've heard officials from the state of Delaware argue that energy ratepayers should pay for the megawatts they use, but be reimbursed for the megawatts they create. Yes, you heard me correctly, megawatts. This is energy you could have used, but didn't. And I could have put a million 100-watt light bulbs in my house, turned them all on at once, but I didn't. I doubt the state or the energy company will pay me for my common sense not to use those 100 megawatts of energy, though. But back to the nebulous term net zero. Academics are very big on getting things correct. Sorry, I knew I couldn't make that statement without choking. An article last year in the journal Nature Climate Change suggested that multiple definitions of net zero are indeed plausible. They wrote, There are alternative interpretations of net zero. Sometimes net zero is used simply to describe emissions trajectories consistent with 1.5 degrees Celsius. While a helpful shorthand, this obscures the fact that halting global warming at whatever temperature level requires net zero carbon dioxide emissions and declining non-carbon dioxide radiative forcing. Alternatively, Net zero is often understood to mean net zero carbon dioxide equivalent emissions aggregated using the 100-year global warming potential metric. This cannot be related unambiguously to any temperature outcome, but is generally seen as more ambitious and hence preferable than just halting human-induced global warming. However, as we see it, The concept of net zero emerged from our understanding of what it would take to achieve a temperature goal, not vice versa. So it isn't about carbon dioxide after all. It's all about temperature. And controlling the Earth's temperature is all about gaining power and control, but I digress. Now, based on the idea of net zero being a temperature limitation tool through carbon dioxide limitation, The Nature Climate Change article boldly states, net zero is intrinsically a scientific concept. Based on their desire, quote, to keep the rise in global average temperatures within certain limits, physics implies that there is a finite budget of carbon dioxide that is allowed into the atmosphere alongside other greenhouse gases, unquote. Hmm. But physics also implies that a myriad of other sources of energy to the atmosphere exist, and that one cannot treat everything else as being held constant. Their physics apparently is limited only to the radiative importance of greenhouse gases. Or maybe in the Orwellian sense, they simply have redefined the word physics. The article goes on to proclaim that, quote, the acceptable temperature rise is a societal choice but one informed by climate science, unquote. To defend the argument that science and not politics dictates that we must limit the warming of the globe to below 2 degrees Celsius and more like 1.5 degrees, they cite the esteemed scientific body, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. I just cannot make this up. Specifically, They cite the Paris Agreement, where 197 countries have agreed to limit global warming 
to these apparently scientific temperature levels. If they had pointed to a document signed by 197 scientists, I would argue that consensus is not how science is conducted. But when 197 countries vote to a given level of warming, that is certainly not science either. It is political posturing, pure and simple. Their goal is to stop the rise in global carbon dioxide emissions by 2030 and get it to net zero by 2050. Well, good luck, because despite nearly 50 meetings of the Conference of Parties driven by the United Nations and their framework conventions on climate change, carbon dioxide emissions are still increasing at the same nearly constant rate. And as long as China adds a coal-fired power plant every eight days, these goals will never be achieved. However, the phrase net zero is here to stay, and its ramifications will be draconian and long-lived. In my next installment of Created to Rain, we'll take a closer look at what net zero means, its seven attributes, and why it may change your life forever. Thank you for listening to Created to Rain. Until next time, I am David Arley Gates, and may God richly bless you.